This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. Content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's producer <laughs> Seth here again with Dr. Tadros, Dr. Chucky e. T. As you remember from last week, uh, that fun little nickname yeah. we came up for you for uh, when you finally get your rap career That's launched. Right. <laughs> uh, so real quick, doctor, how are you doing today? Good let's morning. Get, yeah, fine, there. Seth. A gorgeous day outside. It is nice. Beautiful yeah. St. Louis. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, yeah. really. But um, So I notice when I'm out uh, in public, um, and a lot of us, we see parents we see them with their children or we just see the actions of a lot of children right and mm-hmm. um whether it's good whether it's bad whether it's a negative whether the child's achieving something whether the child is doing something wrong we always point to the parents don't we yeah that seems to be the common thing certainly, so certainly yeah the the parents are nearby or we know that they have parents so yep we, we kind of start thinking that way sure awesome awesome so we're basically going to dive into uh, something i know nothing about but you know a ton about parenting I have a couple of grown kids. That does not make me, I don't speak for all dads who have two daughters or anybody else for that matter. But yes, as a, as a physician, I, I see some of the, uh, the product and some of the repercussions of, of, of childhood uh, of childhood actions and activities. And, um, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, and I'll try to make a link from what I've seen for many decades now uh, to kind of Mental health, uh, essentially physical health and mental health, especially. Okay, well, uh, just dive in. Well, so you know, I I started a blog a couple, a couple of several years ago. Partly because I retired, and partly because my kids were growing and grown, and uh, I didn't have a chance to tell them everything I ever learned in life, uh, uh, and uh, so nobody ever wants to hear what their what their parents or grandparents ever all the our, all of our lessons. But but also I was also repeating myself to patients, either the same patient I would repeat the same advice or same uh, same insights, or different patients, of course, have similar problems. Um, so in mental health, because we have run a ketamine clinic, um, and I'm still uh, I have my primary training as an internist, but I've been doing a lot of mental health ever since I was in primary care, and especially the last uh, seven years as part of the ketamine clinic, as a founder of the ketamine clinic. What I see over and over again, is sometimes decades later, uh, is people talking about their childhood. And developmental and uh, pediatric and adolescent psychiatrists know this already too well, and I will ar- I would argue uh, all adult psychiatrists uh, have to ha- know this. Uh, but we should talk more about what happened in people's past, not to linger, not to blame, uh, not to, to wallow, uh, but to kind of understand, to name, to understand. Um, and a lot of stuff uh, that happens in childhood, uh, both positive and uh, perceived negative. It could be real negative that the rest of us would agree would be negative or perceived by the by the by the youngster as negative. Uh, I hear about and uh, affects the patient decades later, still affecting the patient, the client decades later. And that's what we end up seeing. That's what we end up trying to treat and referring people for talk therapy and trauma recovery therapy. And so that's that's what I'd like to talk about. I wrote a I wrote a, a few paragraph blog back in February. 24th of 2023 and I'll read it out loud kind of as kind of a kick another kickoff to to kind of this topic 
Um, this is once again, not to blame, not to shame, not to anger anybody, but it's also to, to point out recurring themes. And, uh, and, uh, and it makes me think about the stuff that I did or didn't do as, as, as a young parent. Uh, now my kids are uh, almost 30 and, and 28 uh, right now, both married. Uh, but uh, but I fortunately had a partner, uh, my wife, Julie, who uh, kind of balanced me, me out and taught me a lot of stuff. Even as a young physician and as a young dad, I had a lot to learn. <clears throat> and I'm still learning. I, and that's why we look forward to having people talk, discuss, send us uh, emails and kind of comment. It's titled Kids. Um, I grew up with my parents and my brothers around me all the time. There was love. At times, that love revolved around right words and right actions, occasionally with a parent making harsh corrections. The older I get and the more adolescents and adults that I see for their mental health concerns, the more I recognize that kids need loving, predictable, and stable boundaries. Kids need to learn by frequent, excellent examples. They need to learn by witnessing how things are said, what things are discussed, and how things are done, how people behave, and how people, good people, treat each other. Kids are exceptionally good imitators. They want to do good work. They want to show off their good work and accomplishments. They want to become independent, competent, and confident. They want to be, at the very least, noticed for who they are and for their competencies and accomplishments. Compliments from people who matter in kids' lives are not just superfluous bonuses. Compliments augment these kids' internal drives to persist and to achieve more. Kids want and need your attention and your encouragement. In contrast, corrections, reprimands, demerits, tongue lashings, public or private shaming, corporal punishment, and corrective action plans are demoralizing at their worst, work temporarily, or create traumatic defensive, uh, defensive behaviors and are dehumanizing. So I woke up one morning and kind of kind of started typing some of these uh, things uh, out because I saw kind of this confluence of how I was raised and what I and how my brothers were raised, et cetera, and how I saw back this is back in the late '60s and early '70s into the '80s uh, before I left for college in '82. Um, uh, so uh, for certainly certainly until junior high, typically. Parents are kind of the biggest influence for most children until about junior high. Somewhere around 12, 13, the kids start having other kids influence them even more than potentially the parents. So the kids are not in, under your roof until age 18 or whatever. They're actually uh, listening to you and kind of watching you. They watch you and listen to you all of your life, but they're listening and watching to you probably, you know, until probably junior high before other people start having as much, if not more, influence on them. So one of the things what I recognize is I listen to adults talking about their childhoods, about their first memories, and about the, 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 what happened at school and at, at, and, and at home. And that's typically those big, those are the two, two big fears, school and, and extracurricular activities and home. Those are the big ones, <clears throat> is that kids talk about um, uh, stability. Uh, they talk about uh, happiness. Um, and I know the kids don't have the, the, the burdens of the adults that are, that are, uh, that are heading the household. Um, and, uh, but there's a hierarchy. And so the kids don't have power. They don't have, the, uh, they can't feed themselves and clothe themselves and they can't make their own money, can't make their own decisions oftentimes. 
Um, and so they're kind of powerless. And uh, what we find with a lot of parents, and especially with parenting, especially young parents, is that they have all sorts of tensions. And I know within a, within two or three years, I was engaged, I was married, I had a honeymoon, I started I started my my practice. We had two children. I bought a house and cars, and everything happened within a few years. Tons of, 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 of financial tensions, tons of big decisions, uh, sometimes life-changing decisions. Um, and uh, oftentimes, both parents are working. It's not like one is working and one is able uh, to, 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 to step back and look at the bigger picture and look at the kids and see what we're balancing everything out. So everybody's kind of running furiously um, uh, in order to kind of make things happen uh, for, for, for obligations and for needs and sometimes for wants, you know, the ex- extra stuff that maybe you didn't need, but, but for the wants because you've been putting off things for a while in terms of purchasing or traveling, et cetera. This is why it's important to have friends and family and grandparents and aunts and uncles, other people who can ship in at times whenever things are difficult and stressful. But what we see whenever it comes to pathology, whenever people come to see us and having problems with their depression and anxiety and, tra- and relationship problems and work problems and health problems, physical problems, is that a lot of stuff happened in the childhood uh, that was traumatic. Uh, so they oftentimes would either have uh, problems with attention, whether it's because of ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or because there, there was tension in the household, that there was not uh, rules about doing homework and about going to bed and uh, eating right, etc. There was nobody to mediate uh, uh, conflicts between kids, that the parents uh, were, 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 were either dismissive of the, of the kids or, uh, or, um, uh, or, or had uh, corporal punishment. There was oftentimes, uh, many times, uh, substance abuse or drinking. Uh, that was a part of what we end up seeing that the children lasted through. They got old enough to be able to come to see me, but this is the stuff that lasted uh, in them decades later that we're tra- trying to peel back some of the layers and trying to work with them, name some of this stuff, uh, talk about the shame, guilt, fear, anger, anxiety, uh, depression, etc., and then work with them with our current medicines, antidepressants and medicines for anxiety and for sleep, etc., so what I recognize is that people people are trying to do the best. Nobody wakes up in the morning uh, and tries to you know do bad job, whether it's the kids or the parents or anybody else. But what happens, unfortunately, is is that by the end of the day, you know things have been in shambles. Whether it's uh, people's uh, behaviors, what they said, uh, how they said it, um, uh, is that they they just kind of get trying to get through the moment. They're, they're looking at the, the immediate immediate consequences of doing or not doing something as an adult. And the, and the, what cascades is that these kids who are afraid to say stuff because they recognize how much tension there is uh, in the household um, is that they uh, these kids end up. Uh, uh, at, acting out in different ways. Sometimes they quietly, you know, they internalize and they're quiet. Sometimes they, they, you know, they do other things, drugs, alcohol, run away, uh, misbehave, etc. cetera. Uh, so all these things for me, starting in their youth, signals something to me that's happening either in them personally or in the family or in their environment. And I'm picking on the family because it's easiest to talk about. It's harder to control school or friends or friendships, etc. Uh, so that's but but the family is what uh, what we tend to focus on over and over again. Now certainly later in life, later in their youth, and youngsters can have problems with their friends, with their partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, teachers, uh, authority figures, etc. But literally for the first decade plus of their life, it's really the family uh, 
Um, and the family can be, be, be all sorts of different people. It doesn't have to be just the biological parents, uh, but it could be aunts, uncles, uh, you know, uh, uh, foster parents, etc. The other thing that I, I remind people who are very good kids in terms of behaviors, but have significant problems later in life. So very good kids because their dad was drinking, mom was drinking, so they knew not to stir up trouble. Or their brother or sister had emotional or medical problems, so the family was focused financially and, and energy was focused on on their sibling. Um, and uh, they, and because my patient was was well behaved, etc., they were kind of a little bit ignored uh, or significantly ignored in a lot of ways because they were doing relatively well. Is that decades later? we see the consequences uh, of this. My purpose is not to tell people that they, they're not, they, they can't, you know, for adults to, to ignore their problems and focus on the kids. My purpose is to say, whenever you're solving your problems, whenever you, whenever you recognize you have first have problems, whether it's drinking or finances or in-law problems or, 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 or neighborhood problems, is that it's not just about the moment, but it's also how your kids will see and feel and respond and behave decades later that actually is happen that's being built there on the spot uh, at the time that the parents are having um, difficulties and uh, conflicts. Um, so that's the time to, for uh, what I want to highlight for people is not just that their kids uh, are having problems at the moment or the kids are doing very well at the moment, is that w what we see decades later is probably linked to, if not caused by or augmented by the stuff that's been happening in their youth. Um, uh, oftentimes you say, "Well, what what do I do about this?" You know, thank you, but I don't I don't have money I don't have money for this I don't have time for this, and this is when it comes to and this is for me included comes to prioritizing things. Uh, just because there's money to be had doesn't mean that you should be having it because it may not get you to certain goals in terms of uh, health for yourself or health for your family. And so that's uh, one of the first things. Um, and a lot of this stuff goes back to finances. One of the top three, one of the top three issues that, that uh, stressors in anybody's life, let alone if you're married and have uh, kids or not married and have kids, but just have your children are finances, money. Uh, so, uh, so I call it money and money equivalents. Money equivalents are typically time and energy. <clears throat> but so that's one of the things that, uh, so even though that's outside the purview of being an internist or being a, uh, a person who gives patients ketamine for the mental health issues uh, that they can't get better other, other ways, I will argue that uh, things such as your, the adults, uh, the, 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 the supervising adults, uh, the loving adults uh, there, uh, is their, their finances, their own mental and physical well-being, that's addiction, their diabetes, all that stuff like that matters. Not only matters for the moment for the adults, but actually matters for the kids for the moment and also decades later when we see them. Uh, so kids pick up on all sorts of things. They pick up on uh, financial tensions. They pick up on tensions between uh, relationships between the, 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 the parents or the, uh, the adults who are supervising them or taking care of them. They pick up on issues about their siblings. Uh, they pick up on uh, uh, all sorts of other conflicts and issues. And the ability to actually be able to talk about them, to name them, and to also get help at that moment you know, uh, for the adults is a humongous, humongous deal that has... Um, uh, compounding benefits decades later in the people that I see. So it's not that people, that kids can't have hard times or hardships. It's that the, that the parents recognize that they're going to be doing it together. Their parents or the, the adults are going to be 
going kind of kind of we're all in the boat together we're all going to be rowing the same direction we're going to talk about it and we're going to get help etc that makes a big difference i'm not telling people not to have problems or hide your problems from your kids but i'm saying to be able to discuss them so for instance my mother uh, we didn't recognize her until uh, probably uh, until a few years after we immigrated to the united states she had a bipolar type 1 diagnosis so she had significant severe mental health issues this is back in the late uh, mid to late 70s and early 80s um, and so a lot of stuff that, that, that back then we did not talk about stuff like this, uh, but back then they did not discuss anything to, you know, to the kids and stuff like that. Even though I was the eldest, I was the eldest son. I went eventually into healthcare, particularly because probably my mother and I saw the needs uh, there for other people, but that, that I, you know, the, no, no adults, no parents, no, no mom, no dad, no, no physician, no nurse, no psychologist sat down with the kids and said, Hey, this is what we're seeing. And this is what we believe is happening. How are you doing that type of stuff? I'm not telling people not to have bipolar disease. You know, that's a lot of hereditary and genetics and, and a lot of other things, but I'm saying that, that you have to include kids whenever it comes to, uh, uh things that are around them, whether it's in the neighborhood or in, under the, the roof that they live in. Uh, so that's kind of the, my best advice. So I had a quick question. Sure. <clears throat> so as a parent or just anybody, just, uh, I'm not a parent, so I'll say just as someone who's seen it before, it's kind of hard to tell the difference between a child's emotion and we'll call it say an adult's emotion like mm-hmm. uh, there's mental health issues that affect everybody of all ages right yeah that's right but uh, a child can act if they run out of chocolate milk the same way an adult can act if they just lost their job so how do you different, right. differentiate between this mm-hmm. child might have a serious problem or are they just a really upset child Absolutely. over something small so f- feelings and uh, yeah so uh, so uh, uh, feelings all of us have feelings about all sorts of things they're oftentimes uh, uh, passing they're oftentimes immediate and passing uh, if they're recurrent it tells us it gives us hints about something whether the the, the environment around them is, is seems to be triggering it or causing it or augmenting it or the or the person who's expressing the feelings or emotions is having an issue with it so anything that lasts a long time or recurs gives us a hint that maybe we needs to be paid attention to so uh, if, if a child uh, and this is everything from wetting the bed to, to to anger outbursts to hitting to biting all these things gives us a hint uh, that there's something going on whether with the child and we already know this with the child or in the environment too often we look at the child and we look at diagnosed with as oppositional or as attention deficit or as addicted or whatever and oftentimes i will tell you it is the is the environment and the family and the environment that the person is in the youngsters in that's the the major issue that the that, that what we're seeing with the, the tip of the iceberg that we actually see that sticks above the water is the kid's behavior or lack of behavior. They can't get, make it to be, uh, school on time. They can't turn on their homework and stuff like that. Absolutely. You need to address and make sure that they don't have attention deficit. They don't have uh, visual vision problems or hearing problems or, sens- or sensory perception problems. Or uh, uh, So all these things matter. But I'm going to tell you over and over again uh, is that the, the, the family life, the environmental life, the neighborhood, the social situation, Situation, the financial situation is a big contributor, or if not the main contributor, but it's a big contributor. So it's often to know, it's oftentimes, like you said, it's hard to know what the chicken and the egg is, what the primary move is. Is it because it, dad comes home late at night and slams the door and everybody's quiet or crying and they're just yelling and stuff like that and the kid can't get their homework done and that's why they're having problems in school the next day in terms of they're too tired and they haven't turned in their homework because they couldn't go to sleep because of yelling because nobody's supervising for the homework? 
Or is it because they have ADD and ADHD and, and they stay up all night gaming, all stuff like that? So there's a, there's a, there, you're absolutely right. There's a big difference. And that's where it becomes an investigation to, to figuring out when, what's happening, when it started. Uh, does it affect more than one area? Is it just this one class with this one teacher, with this one subject, and you're fine everywhere else? Or is it a diffuse problem that's multiple in multiple spheres of the, of the, of the, of the youngster's life? Uh, so once again, there's no blame here. Nobody's going to come in and take over the, 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 the you know, take over the family and, and to, to run it. Uh, 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 you know, so it, the idea is that that people need a lot more insight and eventually a lot more help in order to kind of figure some of these things out. I certainly did not grow up with a lot of all the tools that I needed to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to do well in college and to do well later in life. I certainly, and I grew up in a family and I went to med school and I went to, and my brother went to engineering school. And so we were bright, but we certainly did not have the, all the tools that we needed from our <clears throat> environment and stuff like that in order to, to develop. Nobody does technically because you grow and when you grow, you learn. And part of the learning is learning how to get along with roommates, learning how to pay bills. Uh, all that stuff is, is partly developmental that you may not do at home or not do much of it at home or may not see much of it at home. Uh, and, that, and, and we go from there. By the way, I'm making certain assumptions that people have some sort of stability, some sort of home. Some of our kids are homeless. Some of our kids are not getting fed, you know, and they still come yeah. to public schools. So I'm, I think I'm, there's sometimes where it's like pretty obvious what the problem might absolutely. be. Absolutely, some of the stuff is so obvious. They don't have, they're, they're couch surfing. They don't have they don't they, you know nobody nobody in the household will help them with their homework. Uh, nobody communicates with the teacher. Nobody's abandonment involved. issues. Right, absolutely. You'll see that. Absolutely. I have a ton of friends. I not sure. a ton, but I do have quite a few friends that this but. Absolutely. Dad wasn't around. Yes, you know, and it, you can you could see that throughout their life. That's right. Like you could see like know, the way yeah. they'd act about just any situation. And, and then we try. Then we wonder why the healthcare system is so expensive and doesn't do well, and nobody's available to you whenever you want to see a therapist or a psychiatrist. It's, you know, they're not on your insurance plan, or they only take cash, and they or they they'll see you and it'll be in three to six months whenever you need help. Yesterday. So, you know, but the stuff that I'm, we're seeing started, maybe not was full blown, but started decades ago. And like I would argue, it would start the first few years of life. Um, uh, so that's if, if, if we in order to not to enter the medical system because of mental health and physical health too early. A lot of it starts from uh, the psychosocioeconomic issues that we see in, in youngsters. So psychological stuff themselves, socioeconomic stuff. Uh, and we know that there's socioeconomic determinants of health for physical health, everything from your heart to your mental health uh, to diabetes. Uh, we can do it by zip code because of how people are segregated by, 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 by income levels. So we, there's a lot of stuff that can be done well before you ever see a doctor, well before you need an MD or a DO or a nurse practitioner and stuff like that. It's um, crazy it's, how like the socioeconomic yes. impact can have on such a young child, like when they start to actually uh, Yes. You know, understand that kind of thing. Because I remember when I was a kid, you know, as you'd get older and we were by no means starving or anything no. like that. My parents worked. We had what we needed. But sure. it became obvious over the years like, oh, hey, some of my friends, they just have a lot more. That's right. They just have, you know, more they financials. Go on vacation. They have nicer clothes. They go on vacations. Uh -huh. Bigger uh, house. Yeah. Little, little, everything's a little nicer. Nicer. And they, the it it affects broken. children. They, they, That's right. They feel like they're being judged. That's correct. And so eventually, you're correct, uh, eventually you'll recognize that the, the, one of our, as they say, one of our, 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 our one of our problems in terms of our sadness or anxieties is that we're judging, we're, we, we compare ourselves. Um, 
compare ourselves to others and that's what makes us unhappy and that's part of it but also comparison is important for people to say wait a minute they're able to talk to their kid who did something wrong and nobody blew up nobody hit anybody no nothing was thrown you know nobody was 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 left out you know locked out of the house you know you know so it's so weird sometimes and that's when you do compare yourself and you say wow it's so dramatically better or worse i mean sometimes it's you're like oh my god they're so much dramatically worse than than my family is but uh but uh, the judgments uh, I, my purpose is not to make judgments my purpose is uh, people are trying to survive both the kids um, and that's how they become dysfunctional later in life. I'll talk about that in a second. But also the adults. The adults have only certain tools, a certain amount of hours per day to work, uh, to provide, etc. cetera. Uh, so one of the things that uh, uh, I, I tell people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, whenever they come see us for ketamine and for the treatment-resistant depression and trauma, uh, treatment-resistant trauma, is that the, 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 the way they behaved, the way they perceived the world and the way they behaved or didn't behave saved them back then. So if, if your mom's, mom was, 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 was you know, throwing a fit uh, around the dinner table, you just quietly went to your room and you hid and stuff like that. didn't speak your mind, just didn't speak your peace, didn't tell anybody about anything, any of your problems. But later in life, 20 years later, when you try to have a partner, you don't speak and you don't want to complain or you don't do anything, uh, you know, then it becomes an issue in terms of communication. And But that was kind of learned. It, was, it saved you back then so you didn't get hurt by your mother. But decades later, you're having a problem with your relationships because the same same behaviors is now dysfunctional. Back then it saved you. Now it's a different context. And and, and in order to try to get along with people and work and stuff, you have to talk here. You have you know talk your piece in certain way in certain social, uh, socially accepted ways um, so uh, so this is kind of what I uh, what I what I talk about uh, uh, to patients I never blame their parents or their family or upbringing I just point out this is potentially where it started or where it was exacerbated and now we're going to have to unwind some of the some of, it's not just the mental piece the mental piece being the thoughts and the, and the feelings and the memories but the neuros, ne- neurologic circuitry and that's why we do uh, <clears throat> cognitive restructuring. We do uh, we we do uh, memory reconsolidation. All these things are kind of words to kind of mean that we're trying to kind of help rewire the brain in terms that the, they're no longer in danger. They're no longer a kid. They're no longer uh, have to be. Uh, they can use their words instead of their fists in order to express themselves. All these things that we have to kind of help people unlearn um, are uh, is, is what we end up spending tons of time with. We believe ketamine has helps. Um, with neuroplasticity, the ability to kind of help people make new neuronal connections, hopefully healthier, better, uh, more functional uh, rather, rather than dysfunctional uh, connections. And there's other things for trauma recovery uh, where we do EMDR, the eye movement uh, uh, desensitization reprogramming, all these techniques to help people kind of rewire themselves so that they're not don't don't behave like they used to or don't feel uh, feel less so and don't behave as, uh, as dysfunctionally. Now that they're an adult and in a totally different situation, yeah. Okay, what about schooling? Because you got like your homeschooling, your uh, your sure. private schools, your public schools. Sure. Is, you know, have you seen a difference in, in like uh, patients in term- based on their background as far as like you know? In terms of in terms of their behaviors or in terms of the depression and stuff like that. Yeah. Or? 
everything. Yeah. So obviously, <clears throat> well, not obviously, but I mean, there's a big difference. There's some uh, some homeschooling that's fabulous compared to the, compared to the public schools that they pay, the the youngster may be going to. Some parents are very attentive. They're part of a system. They have a whole uh, have a whole game plan, and there's a lot of discipline behind doing the homeschooling. And they have uh, the parents are are, are educated in how, in how to educate. It's not enough to be educated yourself. You have to be able to teach or to be able to guide the student who in their learning. Uh, so absolutely, some people are way ahead of, of the public schools in terms of uh, in terms of their knowledge and and, some, and certain and certain things. Uh, a lot of times, uh, homes, homeschooling is uh, is uh, is not as effective as going to a public school or private school, um, and the same by versa. Sometimes public school is not as effective as private school, etc. And that's where we rely on the parents and some of the teachers that get to know the youngsters to kind of be able to pick and, and choose uh, between you know this teacher, this class, or this school, this area, uh, stuff like that. It makes a difference. It really makes an enormous difference in some kids just because they're they're. Uh, the legacy there everybody went to this private school in their family may not work very well for your 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 youngster and it's hard it's a hard pill to swallow whenever your youngster is different than the last you know two or three generations of people that went to this school um, so uh, so that's important to kind of focus on what the youngster uh, how the youngster uh, uh, behaves how what the youngster needs how the youngster learns um, etc. Um, and I saw that when my, my kids went to colleges that were different than mine, and uh, I would not have picked up uh, for them. But they flourished because they they knew themselves and they picked appropriate schools where they really flourished uh, for college. Instance, so it, even then, you know, this is only. You know, 10, 15, 12 years ago that my kids were doing, 15 years ago that they're doing this, and that uh, so I have to, uh, so I have to say that uh, my kids had better insight uh, about themselves than even I did uh, in terms of how they learned and what they needed in order to flourish. Yeah. Well, I think you've done a great job as a parent. Yeah, it's a reasonable. I've met That's one okay. of your daughters. She seems pretty uh, squared away. She's <laughs> she's, she's all right. She's, we we like, like our kids. We like our kids, which is a big, which is a big. Uh, I think that's a thank God for their mother. Uh, so that's as I say. But anyway, so anyway, no blame. I just want people to understand that uh, that a lot of stuff that we see as an adulthood for the, these youngsters, and where we see them later in adulthood, because we only take care of fifteen years on up, and most of our patients are well be, uh, older than fifteen. Um, starts uh, has has his roots. Uh, some of the difficulties have the roots way back in childhood, and most of the first probably ten plus years of childhood is a lot of home based stuff. Some of it's school, but a lot of it's home home based uh, uh, things. So I encourage uh, the, 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 the 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 guardians, the parents, uh, uh, to to kind of look and ask uh, themselves, you know, how is the stuff that we're going through, the positive and the negative, how is that affecting our youngster now and potentially for the future. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I, I grew up with corporal punishment. Uh, I became a doctor despite it, not because of it. I believe I would have still become a good doctor with, without it. Uh, I, I, my, I, I, had, I learned this, uh, that, and I, we never did that. We never threatened it for our, our kids and stuff like that, and they turned out okay. But it, turns, it, takes out a lot, it takes a lot of energy and focus and time in order to regulate yourself as an adult, in order to watch your kids, in order to catch things when they're small, uh, before they kind of get big and, 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 and loud and expensive. So it's, <laughs> it's important. And that's, mm -hmm. once again, that's, that's checking yourself as an adult about what your purpose is, what your goals are, your financial needs, all the, these things make a difference um, in terms of how irritable you are, et cetera. I will argue that no matter what, what, what your socioeconomic status is, you never have to hit your kid. 
even a uh, even a uh, so ever uh, for anything um, you may if they're running out in front of the car you may you may yell and snatch them uh, uh, but that's not the same thing as as as, as walloping them so I, I will argue and I, I would not have if you asked me for you know 35 40 years ago whenever I was a youngster if you would have to and I answer I would have said yep I grew up that way and, I, and that was good for me and stuff like that but it, uh, it's probably been you know 25 years or so that I've had to say you know nope you probably don't ever need for corporal punishment for 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 your for a child just like if you look at my blog yeah and you got a lot of people nowadays that say like when you see you know people in their 20s or something like yeah. oh look they they act like spoiled little kids because there's no disciplinary right. action anymore and they grow up and they think that you know yeah. discipline doesn't discipuli in, in latin means student so you teach so there's a teaching and a student or a teacher huh. a teacher and a student role it is not a discipline is not corporal punishment uh, so I know people say it includes it and and it's a it's a certainly it's a quick and, and snap way to get things done but it doesn't last for very long and has long-lasting effects that are very very negative um, and doesn't and as soon as you turn your back the kids doing it behind your back and they're afraid of you so that's I, I you know you want to be afraid you know feared or respected I somebody says both I will I will argue the word fear uh, for me means respected but it's not because people are afraid of me it's because I, you know, because I'm a good person down uh, deep down uh, inside. Once again, a lot of this stuff comes to the energy, the, the the purpose of the parents and how they use their time and their energy and, and their goals. And that's very hard to do whenever all you have to do is just get up in the morning, go to work and come back and eat and, and do a couple of things and go to bed and repeat tomorrow. It's not the same that you have to step back and actually look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. And uh, and if it, that's going to be good for your own health as an adult, your own mental and physical health, and what what is how it's affecting the, you know, the people around you that you care about. Yeah. Okay, well, you can read this blog, yeah, and listen to past shows as well, and listen and, and, and get on emails and other ways and yell at me. Yes, and you can contact us as well. It's all at notyourdoc.com, and the email is notyourdocpod at gmail.com. Thank Doctor, you. thanks so much for sharing your yeah. insight. Obviously, my parents did a great job. You can't, you cannot argue with these results here. That's right. And <laughs> this is, and uh, yes, and it's always I'm always fascinated. I, I remind people they're always they're all survivors, even if they've had horrific horrific things. If they come see me at age 50, they're survivors, and uh, that's a, it's something to be complimented. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Doc. Thanks. And we'll, uh, we'll have some, this has been a good talk. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Seth. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye now. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.